Okay, I'd like to call the uh, February 7th, 2023 session of the Fairview Municipal Advisory Council to order. Um, may we have a roll call, please? Okay, Councilmember Silva? Present. Councilmember Henderson? Present. Councilmember Higgins? Here. Councilmember Philbin? Here. Okay, you have a quorum. Thank you. I still do not have a flag, and unfortunately, Chris is, I mean, uh, Dale is on the phone. So, can we have a flag salute without a flag? Uh, I, I, um, I think, oops, I think I, yeah. Uh, oh, rats. Uh, Well, um, okay. Uh, uh, will that do? That should that should do. Okay. Okay. Uh, commence. I pledge allegiance, allegiance to, the flag to the flag of the United, of the United States, States of, America, of America and to, and to the, the republic, republic for which it stands, one nation under God, under God, God indivisible, indivisible, with liberty, with liberty and, justice and justice for all. all. For all. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Chris. All right, I'd like to open the mic for uh, public announcements, please. Oh, we had the roll call early. To, oh, call to order, not roll call. Okay, oh. sorry. We had our roll call, so let's go with public announcements. Is there anyone that would like to speak? Yes, you have speakers. There you go. Okay, April. Hi, Happy New Year, everyone. I just... Wanted to give you a quick update on our water supply. So you may remember that, oh yes, as, as your representative for East Bay Mud, I would like to give you an update on our water supply and um, tell you what's going on with the drought. So you may remember that the drought, uh, we had two phases of the drought. One of them was a voluntary 10% cutback. And the second stage, stage two, was a mandatory 10% cutback. So um, we have had a, a, a lot of rain, very blessed. Our reservoirs are full. Um, Pardee Dam is full, 80, uh, 85%, and our local reservoirs are at about 100%. So in spring, the board will meet. And we will talk about how to handle um, any drought rollback. And we will have two options in front of us. Either one, we could say simply there is no more drought and there will be no restrictions. Or number two, there'll be voluntary restrictions. Probably, you know, go roll us back to phase one of the drought, which is a 10% voluntary cutback. So um, I just wanted to relay to you where we are with our water supply and that we will be making, you know, important decisions in spring and um, I will keep you updated. Thank you so much. Wow, thank you so much. 
Is there are there other speakers? Catherine, Catherine, you're on a line. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, I don't see my controls working the way they normally do, so I'm having a little difficulty here. Am I in the uh, Fairview Municipal Advisory Council meeting? Yes, you are. Okay, terrific. I just wanted to make sure I was in the right meeting. Sorry. Okay, did you have some comments that you wanted to make or you just wanted to check and make sure sure you were in the right place? I wanted to make sure I was in the right place first off. Um, we are definitely affected by this notice as it's for the property right behind our home. And I do mean right behind our home. So, but uh, go ahead and continue. Um. It's more appropriate to comment when okay when when that yeah when when that item comes up on the agenda. Uh, we have no more speakers. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard. Okay, thank you. In that case, I will close the public comment uh, portion of the meeting and move on to the consent calendar which reads adopt findings authorizing remote teleconference meetings for the Fairview Municipal Advisory Council. It's an action item. Um, would anyone like to take this off the consent calendar or are we good to go? Chris has his hand up. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Yeah, I, I'd like to um, move uh, off the consent calendar. Okay, um, and is this for the purpose of getting a um, update from Tona? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, in, in anticipation of movement towards hybrid meetings. Okay, um, Tona, could you tell us what the latest is, please? Uh, I'm actually going to give you guys that update. Oh, Ashley, thank you. No problem. Uh, so uh, this meeting will be uh, your last meeting um, being held virtually like this. Uh, your March meeting will be um, an in-person meeting uh, with the public being allowed to uh, participate either virtually uh, or in person. Uh, you will be meeting at the Castro Valley Library. Uh, also beginning in March, uh, with the state of emergency lifting on the 28th of this month, uh, all COVID restrictions will also lift. So um, there will not be capacity or a masking uh, requirement in the Castro Valley Library. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any other questions for me regarding that? Um, does that report mean that we do that we are, do not need to approve this? item that we just took off the consent calendar? Yes, to go ahead with tonight's meeting, you need to approve it, um, but it oh, won't okay. be on your, yeah, it won't be on your further meetings. Mm -hmm. Got it, okay. In that case, is there any uh, further, well, is there a motion to approve the previous, previous consent calendar item as it's shown in the agenda? 
I move to approve it. Okay, okay Shane and a second. second. Chris, all right, thank you. Is there any further discussion? May we have a, a vote, please? Okay, Councilmember Silva. Aye. Councilmember Henderson. Aye. Councilmember Higgins. Aye. Councilmember Philbin. Aye. Okay, motion passes. Thank you. The next item on our agenda is, well, I'm gonna start reading it with a bunch of numbers, so bear with me. PLN 2022-00156, acre slash sterling consultants dash, I think it's D-I-L-I-P maybe, Kishani, comma, tentative parcel map, PM 11-296, it's an action item. This is an application to allow the subdivision of one site into two parcels. Is that enough of a reading, Ashley Tona, or do I need to read the whole paragraph? No, that's fine. Staff will take over from there. Okay, thank you. I turn it over to staff. <laughs> Hello, I'm staff Christine Green with the Alameda County Planning Department here to present the second item on the regular calendar. Uh, PLN 2022-156. So asking for a subdivision of one site into two parcels located at 23197 Maud Avenue in the Fairview area of unincorporated Alameda County. The project is categorically exempt from the requirements of the California Environmental Quality Act, Article 19, Section 15315, Minor Land Divisions. Here's an aerial view of the subject parcel that uh, is being proposed to sub be subdivided into two parcels measuring 1.45 acres in area. The project is proposing to subdivide a 61,698 square foot lot into two single family parcels. The front lot, which is referred to as lot one, would measure approximately 17,900 square feet in area with access off of Maud Avenue, and there will also be access from Pickford Place through an easement. The rear lot would be referred to as lot two, would measure approximately 41,000 square feet in area and would be accessed through a 20 foot wide easement off of Pickford Place. Here's a picture of the subject or the existing single family home located at 23197 Maud Avenue. The Fairview area specific plans zones the site as single family residential, requiring a minimum of 5,000 square foot per lot. Both of the proposed lots in the subdivision would measure well over 5,000 square feet. Therefore, the project would meet the density under the Fairview specific plan. The new lot or the rear lot would be subject to development standards at time of building permit submittal. And currently the development setbacks under the specific plan would require 20 foot front and rear yard, nine foot side yards, 12 foot street side yard. And the development would also be subject to the residential design guidelines and standards um, for Western Alameda County. The new lots um, in the, there's policies within the Fairview area specific plan 
that states that new lots should not be created if they are smaller than the prevailing lot size in the neighborhood. The prevailing lot size in the neighborhood measures 6,680 square feet in area, and the project proposes approximately a 17,900 square foot lot and a 41,000 square foot lot, well above the prevailing lot size. Here's a, another picture of the subject parcel to show the uh, accessory structures and the primary home at the front. Another aerial view to show mods towards the right hand of the screen with the single family home and the swimming pool with some accessory structures, as well as there's numerous accessory structures at the rear of the lot. The zoning ordinance does not allow accessory structures to be on a lot without a primary use of the parcel. So if this parcel gets divided, all the accessory structures that are gonna be ended up in the rear lot would need to be removed since there would be no longer a primary use of to the lot. The primary house would be on the lot one, the front lot. Uh, there are several unpermitted accessory structures that would be left on the front portion of the lot. And staff has included a condition that if this lot is subdivided, that prior to recordation of the final map, there would need to be building permits to permit the unpermitted accessory structures and or remove the unpermitted accessory structures. The condition number two also requires that all of these structures in the rear of the newly created lot would need to be removed prior to the recordation of the final map. Staff has received public input regarding this two lot subdivision. I received a petition that has um, 17 uh, signatures representing 14 homeowners on Pickford Place. They are opposing um, the subdivision if there is a gate placed on Pickford Place, which was or is identified by gate A on this little exhibit. Um, and then there's also um, plans per the, the neighborhood that the lot would be eventually be divided into five single family lots and a second gate would be located off of Pickford Place to access these newly subdivided or newly developed lots. Um, the plans before us this evening do not reflect any gate installation uh, on the final exhibit, nor is the project that's before us this evening, asking for more than one or two lot subdivision. So this, this proposal does not include more than a two lot subdivision and it does not include any gates being proposed along uh, Pickford Place. Here is the exhibit that the tentative map would be subject to. This is referred to as exhibit A and staff is recommending approval of the two lot subdivision based on the 25 recommended conditions of approval that was in your packet. That's the end of staff's presentation. Do you have any questions? Um, can, I, can I ask a question and then I'll, I'll just pass it around. Is the line across where the subdivision is gonna happen, is that right at the base of the stairs that come down from the front house? There are stairs that come down um, 
And I, I could not tell by the material that was sent to me where that line was supposed to be drawn. There are some stairs um, that are located beyond. There's a pool, then a pool house, and then like stairs going down further. So I would say right. the property line does appear to be at the end of the wood decking stairs. So right at the base of the stair, at the bottom of the stairs, where you yes. don't really know. Yeah. I No, based on the exhibit, I'd say at the base of the stair. That's good description. Okay. okay. Um, all right. So I didn't write down names. So Shane, do you have any questions? Yes. Um, the first question I have is, in the presentation, you said 20-foot front yard and 20 foot rear yard setbacks. And I think I remember, I maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I thought I remembered a four foot rear yard setback requirement, not a 20 yard, 20 foot. And I just don't know if that's, um, if that's accurate. I'm just kind of from my own knowledge of learning. Um, if it's 20 foot in the rear, is that right? It's per the Fairview specific plan. The primary house is required to provide a 20 foot rear yard. The state law has allowed a four foot rear yard for accessory dwelling units. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. For ADUs. Okay. That's what I'm thinking of. I, I didn't realize it was 20 foot for this. So I guess the second, this would only apply to the, the lot one then. It, the 20 foot, it, it meets, it, lot one would meet that as it currently sits. That's what that it, meant. Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's clear. That's clear enough. Thank you. Um, Second one was what are the structures in the front that would need to be, lot one again, what would, what would need to be removed in lot one? Is Are there things on lot one that need to be removed. And I, I don't, I couldn't quite identify those. And the picture you had up was much clearer than the packet that I got on the presentation. I could see those, those uh, structures better on the slideshow that you had. Right. And I'm just wondering, are the pool houses, are that, is that what we're talking about that have to get taken out? The pool house could be having, the could be, the pool house could be one of these structures that have, has to be either legalized as a secondary unit, if that's what the applicant pursues, or removal. I don't know what a pool house is. I don't know what that entails based yeah, okay. on the project plans I received and the communication. So um, that would have to be conforming because there's there's two pool houses. Right. So in my definition, that's potentially could be two units that isn't allowed. But if they have proper permits, then maybe it was you know previously allowed under proper proper building permits but there's probably a little bit too much coverage and I don't have uh, the evidence of what was permitted and what was not. So I thought I could defer that out to the later if the map gets recorded. So, but, but if it's approved, all of those would have to be up to code essentially is what it's saying. Those yes. additionals, that, that is applying to the lot one. Correct. Okay, that's my question. Um, and the third question is, um, how many times can a single lot be split? Because I thought, once you split it once, I mean, is the five split five lot split in lot two? Is that allowable under? Because I mean, SB nine says we can split a lot once, right? Can we then split the lot that's been split if it has? Is that legal or do we know? I mean, I guess that's the question I'm asking. So, this the subdivision we have before us tonight is not using SB nine, so they oh, okay. 
If okay. there's a future subdivision, they can subdivide it under the regular subdivision or tentative subdivision, what we're using tonight. And they also have that option to use SB9. Okay. So this wouldn't, this wouldn't, that makes sense. It wouldn't count as the SB9 split. Okay. Right. That's it. I'm, that's all the questions I have. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, Dale, do you have anything? I do. Sally, can you hear me? Yes. And can you see me? I can't no? see you, but okay. I can hear you. <laughs> okay. I got, I got the meeting up, but, uh, um, the um, Pixford, uh, Pixford is a um, <clears throat> um, a private street, right? Correct. So presum presumably they have some kind of CSA or some kind of arrangement to collect money to repair the street when it needs repairs. And I'm wondering if it would be appropriate to include in, include in the conditions of approval that if the lot is split, that lot in back now needs to join the association formally and be taxed along with the other neighbors on Pickford uh, for full road maintenance. It, it seems to me a reasonable condition of approval. May we add that? I believe you can add that. Yes. Okay, thank you. Second thing is <clears throat> on page eight, um, uh, uh, references made to the Alameda County Fire Department, and that should be um, the Hayward Fire Department. Uh, uh, on page eight, number eight, site access and roadway improvements shall be subject to planning director, director of public works, and the Alameda County Fire Department review and approval, shown on, shown on exhibit A. So that should be the Hayward Fire Department, right? Correct. Okay, that's it for me. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Dale. Uh, Chris. Okay, well, Dale uh, covered at least one of the um, items. And uh, the, the community, the surrounding properties complained about uh, drainage issues from that property. And uh, I reconnoitered uh, the property this summer and, you know, there, there, there seemed to be drainage issues like July, August. And boy, I, I, I imagine if July, August, there's even more drainage issues this winter, uh, especially this winter. So I, it, it, would, would it be appropriate to include a condition of approval to uh, address the, the drainage issues? Because, you know, address it before further development comes in and then uh, address it you know it, for, you know for the plans for further development um you know the poor schmucks at the bottom of the hill you know i i it, 
add a condition, please add a condition of approval to to address the, the runoff issues. I, uh, you know, it, it, is that appropriate? Um, well, it's up to your board uh, if you wish to do that. It is worth uh, noting that the land development um, in their referral letter, July 27, 2022, they have six recommendations and one of it uh, will address that, you know, professional plans by a licensed engineer will have to be submitted and reviewed and approved by the public works agency, agency which uh, has to address the drainage issues. Well, I'd feel a lot better if a, if a specific call out uh, were, were included. I, you know, the, the, the lot split on, on Madero's, um, the proposed developer uh, claimed, you know, I, I, don't, I don't need to address the existing runoff. You know, I just need to address the runoff that my development uh, causes and it, that's wrong, right? Any anyway, I it, it, does that does that need to be voted on to to in, include it? Well, if the board wishes to add a condition, yes, if you could suggest the the how you want the condition worded, you you're able to make that motion. Well, I I move. Uh... Not not yet. Let, let's, let, not oh, yet. Okay. Not yet, Chris. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. Okay, thank you. Um, I have a question about lot one with regards to building coverage. And it looks to me, I walked over there and looked at it um, this afternoon and it looks to me that practically the entire lot is covered with either a swimming pool or the house or buildings. There is a percentage of property that is supposed to be left uncovered. Is that not true? That is true. Do they meet that currently? And does the pool, uh, it kind of looked like an above ground pool, I'm not sure, but if it is, isn't that part of covering the land up? So that, right, that's part of what's covering the land. Yeah. Is that pool. The swimming pools are um, subtracted out of lot coverage. So. Um, Even if it's an above, is it an above ground pool? No, it's an in-ground swimming pool. Oh, it is? Okay. So the question stands, Does as it sits, does that lot one meet the requirements for lot coverage? 
I do not know. I did not calculate it because I believe that there's unpermitted structures on that parcel, but that would have to be brought into conformance prior to issuance or prior to recordation of the map. Okay, because I'm, I'm not sure how we can, well, that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, how can we approve this potentially knowing that lot one is not in compliance? Maybe we could approve it saying lot one will be brought into compliance. Um, if, we, if, we, if we choose to do that. Um, I'm also concerned about the drainage because years and years and years ago, uh, development was approved on condition that the drainage be piped. 35 years later, that drainage has never been piped. So I'm just wondering what recourse we have or how can we make sure that those things that we provide for in this approval actually happen? Does somebody report back to us that all of these things that we that we tick off as, as being required for our blessing actually get done? Are you asking staff? Pardon me? Are you asking planning staff? Yes, I am. Uh, it's done through the, when the map is, so planning or the, the, you know, the planning department provides tentative approval. They have to meet all the conditions of approval for the map to get carved up and recorded and separately. So it's done through the public works agency when they work with them to get the map recorded. Okay, so, all right. I just know of a case where it just never happened. It was part, you know, it was part of a requirement that never happened. So that's why I was wondering how we can ensure that it, that it actually happens. Because I agree with Chris, there's, there may be some piping, runoff piping that can be done down the length of that property and into drainage at the other end. I don't know what they currently have. Are they hooked to city drainage? that area or, or um, county drainage? I don't know. Okay. All right, uh, if there aren't any other questions, I'd like to open it to public comment. Okay, we have multiple speakers, so, okay. Raymond, you're on the line? Yeah, three minutes to speak. On the line. Hello. Hello, Raymond. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, I'm the one who wrote the letter about the drainage. Can you hear me? Still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. We can hear you. What do you have to say further about that? Okay. Because I'm the resident, uh, right, residing right behind the horse ranch. And every time when it rains heavily, it flooded our yard. Okay. In other words, there is no drainage in that section of the land. There is a ditch right over uh, uh, maybe about five to six foot next to that uh, property, but there's mm -hmm. no connection to that ditch. So that's why all the water flooding down to our backyard and cascaded down. So you and Chris, concern is our concern too, because um, definitely, you know, it damaged our property. 
Yeah, we could send can, can you a video. Tell me, can, we yeah. could send you a video. No, I, I, I can visualize it. Can you tell me if there is um, an avenue for runoff from your properties into a drainage system of some kind? Um, we there, there's no actually um, from our house. There's we we have a you know like a, only a two foot pipe connected to the street. That's all we have. Okay, so there so there is. I'm just trying to get a feel for. Is there a place that the water could be sent? So um, there is a there there is a ditch right next to the property that you know they're proposing right now. There is a there's a I think that's a county ditch. So if they could connect it to there, there should be a way to drain those water. But I'm not okay. sure is this drained it to the county or where they drain it to. That I cannot answer you. That need to look okay. at the map. All right. And uh, that is you. our concern. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are there more um, commenters? Yes, there are. Catherine, you're on the line. You have permission to speak. Great. Let's see if my husband. Well, uh, there I have a few items. Uh, one of them, obviously, is drainage. Uh, that's been a big uh, problem here. I actually live at the basically the first house on the left as you drive down the hill that has the big culvert. Uh, mm -hmm. Theoretically, there is an open culvert on our side of the fence, which is supposed to run over into this larger culvert where it's collected. And then I don't know if it's county drainage or, or where it flows to, but um, there are many problems with that. Uh, it's cracked over the years. Uh, it's settled. It's not level. The water doesn't flow in the right direction, which is probably why my neighbor who just spoke doesn't have effective drainage in their yard, because it's uh, probably not level anymore due to, you know, earthquakes and settling and whatnot. Um, there are holes in the concrete structure of that culvert, so water actually runs under it and erodes. Um, it's basically worthless at this point. So if Theoretically, there is a place for it to go, but it is not in good shape and the whole thing I think would need to be reworked. Um, so that's one of my concerns. Another concern is the fencing. Um, we've had uh, multiple sections below down and the windstorms that we get here and uh, you know the, the late winter gets uh, up to you know sometimes 70 miles an hour. Um, the neighbor in property one there has refused to basically pay the to their share to help replace those fences. But um, my question really is, if the new developer obviously is going to need to regrade that property and tear down structures that are there, uh, they're gonna have to you know, figure out some alternative plan uh, for the, the property lines and all that stuff. So would it be our responsibility to work with them to rebuild the fences or would it be the responsibility of the existing homeowner of record? Because the property that's gonna be subdivided is no longer gonna be theirs, right? So that's a, a question. And um, 
with regard to uh, prior conditions, I'm just wondering if there's any recourse to review what those are, because I think most of the property owners here were unaware that there were prior conditions which were not met. So is there any way to, uh, you know, recourse to bring those up to code the way they should have been in the first place, you know, as part of this new, uh, this new development? And, and actually, where can we find a list of those conditions which have not been met? I, I would be interested in seeing, you know, what, what those are. So. Okay, and also just to add, with regard to the fence, the drainage was built so that her drainage came through the wooden fence and there is a concrete culvert that runs down the street so that the drainage would go through a wooden fence into the concrete culvert on everybody's side of the property, but not hers. So it destroyed the fence. That was one problem. The, the other problem is the culvert that they built next to our house, and I do mean right next to it, we have video of the water running, running through that, is not permitted at all. We've been told it should never been built that way. And no, they told me it should never have been built that way. I went to the county about this, but also the, the road that they wish to use for all the trucks that are gonna build these properties, uh, let alone tearing down the barn and the corral and the boathouse and everything that's back there. There's a natural creek up there. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that, but there is an open creek that leads into that culvert as well. And it goes underneath that road. What kind of holdup is that road gonna have if there's a natural creek running underneath of it? in trucks to pour concrete for foundations and everything, that road could collapse. You really should come and look at the property from our side or go along it and don't look at it from mod, look at it from that side road in the back of the property that will show you where the water is running naturally. The time has expired. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate your comments. Um, do we have any other speakers? We do. Let's see what happened to him. Yeah, there's the Galaxy. Are you on? Galaxy A02. Maybe we'll come back to them. Okay. Andrew? Hi, yes. Okay. You have can you hear me all right? Yes, we okay. can. I'm at the property at 2736. Uh, as uh, Chris said, I'm the poor smuck at the uh, bottom of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get about three, four feet of uh, water running off from everybody. Um, when EB Mud works on Mod Street, I get their trash in my yard. Uh, I do receive a lot of trash from the whole neighborhood. Shoes, you know, McDonald's. Um, there are concrete, what do they call it? Concrete uh, pavers, lanes. Um, kind of, uh, I can see the neighbors have them, but they're small. And because of so much water happening and nowhere for it to go, uh, it brings dirt. So all those, all that concrete is buried in dirt. And I talked to Public Works, and they said it's not approved the design. And I pretty much have a like a city size grate in my backyard, but the water shoots up from the grate, 
so it has nowhere to go down. Um, and if you look at the map, uh, the water does go down to the San Lorenzo Creek from my property. And then my backdoor neighbor, uh, they have a swamp and they don't even yeah, clean up or anything in their yard. So um, yeah, no, no development there. All the way, I think down to the San Lorenzo Creek, it's not developed because the water stream is so powerful. And um, yeah, they, that's all I have from the big problem. Okay, thank you, Andrew. Galaxy A02, yeah, you're back on, two minutes to speak. Hello, it's Kathy, can you hear me? Hello. Yes. Yes, we can hear. Okay. We can hear you. Who are okay. you? Okay. The issue of the day is drainage, and I want to. Can you tell us? Can you tell us your name, please? Kathy Langley. Oh, Kathy. Hi. Hi, and I want to thank the MAC members for their research and their comments, and to everybody else that's discussing this now. Drainage is the issue of the day. It's the issue of all these storms we've had, and it will continue to be so. We have to realize that in the Fairview specific plan, we have a chapter called environmental hazards. And there is an area, a, a, a chart called percentage of population vulnerable to hazard, which goes on to liquef liquefaction, very high hazard, 0.8. Liquefaction, moderate hazard, four. Look what's happened in our canyon lands. Look what's happening all over Palomar's Canyon, a Street, Redwood Road, Castor Valley, uh, Crow Canyon Road. This is crazy that you guys are not getting the drainage addressed there and yet they're gonna build on top of you. That's not acceptable. The, I went down there and I looked at it myself and I saw that the retaining wall is made of like a wooden fence and it's pushing up against a 15 foot high mountain or hillside. There's no way that that can hold that earth given what we're looking at now. Please tell me planning, what are you planning to do about that? That's pretty much all I have to say. Thank you. Sally, it's my understanding that the applicant wishes to speak as well. Okay, um, do I ask them to speak now or do I let the other public people have spoken? Well, we have no more public speakers. There are no other hands up. Well, Jeff just wrote his hand. Oh. oh, okay, great. Yes, then I would like to invite the applicant to speak. Uh, who's the applicant? Can you raise his hand? Is, is it Jeff? Oh, it's deep. It's the second person that's up. Okay, there we go. Um, can you guys hear me? Okay. Uh, can you speak up a little bit, please? Yeah, I'm going to try. <laughs> Good evening, uh, Mac members. Uh, my name is Dilip Kishnani uh, with Sterling Consultants. I'm I'm uh, the applicant on behalf of the owner, Baker. Um, so I, I I heard a lot of um, uh, concerns, primarily related to drainage. 
But before I address, before I kind of try to explain the drainage situation as as it exists today, and based on our proposed uh, subdivision, um, one 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 thing that I that came up earlier was a maintenance of the ex, uh, the uh, the right the use the right to use Pickford Place. Um, Pickford Place is is uh, there's a de uh, there was there's history behind it with Baker and and the developers of Bigfoot Place subdivision they were in talking to the owner and I'm not sure if the owner is on 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 the uh, on the meeting today today but there was some sort of a uh, this was a right uh, provided by Bigfoot Place developers to to my uh, to to the landowner Baker uh, the right to ingress and egress over over these sections, as shown on the tentative map on page one. There are two hatched areas. One is dotted. One is dashed. Both both have been secured by the owner um, through prior. I, I would say whenever the Pickford Place was built, probably in, in I don't remember the the year, but whenever there was uh, or after the construction, um, this was secured through a lawsuit or some sort of a settlement. So, um, hang on one second. So what, what was secured? The right of the um, owner to drive on Pickford Place to get to the back of his property? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Um, hold on one second. My Bluetooth um, gave up. We can still hear you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to things probably from the device. Okay. Can you hear me better now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It, it is in their deed. It's in the legal description in the deed that they have deed parcels specifically alluding alluding to these two areas. The, I'm I'm not here to you know that that's that's by right. They have the ingress and egress in the uh, in the utilities. To, uh, uh, I think I can read the exact language from page. If Christine wants to share the sheet uh, sheet one, there's a there's a big note that that basically clears this uh, that area lying within the crosshatch is an non-exclusive easement for ingress and egress and underground utilities in favor of the lands of Baker. And the similar similar area right all the way up to Maud Avenue is also secured as part of their deed. So they have the right, and I'm not I'm not here to defend that. What I was trying to uh, what I was trying to mention is the maintenance part of it. Um, I'm not sure what those you know what those lawsuits were related to, but if if you put a condition on on my on the app on the um, landowner. For maintenance, I would, I would uh, suggest uh, to to use a state law as a guide, and and that's pretty standard in private streets where, based on use, the the shared responsibility uh, shared responsibility you know people people share the costs based on use, um, and if you could add that language to, per state law, that's all I'm asking. Yeah, I think what I heard in the testimony was that the uh, the homeowner that, that that of the property we're looking at was not agreeable to participate in the maintenance. Where normally um, anybody who owns a property that 
is adjacent to other people's property, if there's an upgrade, they, they get together. And that's what I heard. I'm just reporting what I yeah. think I heard in the so, testimony. So you may be right. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not, I don't have the details of the lawsuit and when, when this was secured. Uh, so the right to use has been secured. I'm not sure about the maintenance. Uh, and you could, one could argue, and you could argue that the, the rear lot, not the front, but the rear lot um, could, could, could be further developed based on the area. And, and there may be some case, case there to make, uh, to participate in some maintenance uh, for the rear lot. But the front lot always had it and always will. And I don't, if they have never paid for maintenance dollars for that portion of that side driveway along, along Pickford, then they should not be, that they, 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 they should not, you know, they probably won't participate in the maintenance for the front lot. Um, so I just wanted to point out, uh, point that out to Christine. If, 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 if you do add a condition, then uh, maybe the owner, owner's representative, Ron, if he's on the call, he could, he could uh, chime in here. Okay, thank you. Okay, regarding, um, I'll wait, I'll, I'll finish my thoughts on the drainage. I heard a lot of concerns um, and Christine, if you could share, if I could ask you to share uh, sheet three, TM3. TM3, and if you could zoom in to the bottom, uh, to, the, to the right where that, yeah, uh, zoom into that. Um, Yeah, right there. That's why it's fine. So a little bit, yeah, a little bit more. Okay. So so this existing condition, um, uh, as you can see, is partly partly a ditch, uh, an and and a overland, an overland ditch, and partly covered with this, uh, under the pavement as a CMP, a twenty-four hey, CMP. Let me just stop you for a moment. Could you? Mm -hmm. Could you direct the arrow to show us exactly what you're talking about? Because I'm not, I'm not seeing what you're oh, referring to. Can I, um, I'm on my phone. I'm not sure if I can, but perhaps Christine can, Christine, there's a ditch there to the left. Yeah, to the, yeah, right, right there. Yeah, that, that ditch starts at the, at the Southern property line at that tip where that fallen stump is. Yeah, right there. Uh, it, and then it and it and dead ends into into that wall where that twenty four inch pipe uh, for the down for the down where the, where it opens up uh, where the pavement is. Uh, and that's actually pipe. across the property, right? Because I think I yeah. see the stairs coming down from the pool there to the right. Yeah, and it's, then it's, I see the boat a, shed. So this this open open waterway it goes actually it goes across the property. Yeah. So so this existing ditch, as I'm trying to say, starts at the at the south property line, and the water that comes into this is actually coming from the from the neighboring lo uh, adjoining lots to the to the south. So the water contribution from the subject property is pretty minimal. And, and then it can, it basically is a collect and convey situation here of the existing parcels to the, to the south. And if you, if you pull up as uh, if, uh, so before I, before I finish this thought, um, so there's a portion, a half of this is open ditch and half of it is piped. Um, and that's the existing condition. And if you pull up 
the uh, and downstream uh, it connects to the facilities that were described with culverts and and having issues with the with the with the recent rains we had all of those were offsite facilities that were that were built as part of the Pickford Place subdivision by the county or the developer and as county maintained most likely um, so the other inter, uh, the other uh, point I want to note is that the subdivision in front of you uh, does address all, all the concerns related to the future development in the sense that on page 15 of the packet, um, a condition from the county, um, from Fernando at, at a land development from the county in condition number, condition number two, uh, and I'll read, uh, read it out, uh, the, su the submitted June 22 preliminary grading and utility plan TM5 is not exhibiting the entirety of the existing storm drain facility that should clearly show drainage courses and how on-site drainage will be collected and discharged without augmenting or diverting to adjacent properties. So this will be a condition um, that since 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 the project at hand is not envisioning any construction, this this would be uh, this would be deferred to the future development of the subject a lot two, if and when that gets developed, whether it's one lot, two lots, or four lots, um, they will have to abide by this drainage condition, and that by the way also includes the the drops and the fences, and I have walked the site, and I know that the fences and the and the collection ditches along along the north side, northern side of this property line, the long long side of the north, uh, property line, is in not a very good, very good condition, and they will have to rebuild those with retain with proper retaining walls, not wooden wooden walls, and to and and to develop the site properly. Um, the other thing to note in this condition buried in the last statement is that it, it will be collected and discharged without augmenting or diverting to adjacent properties. That means that you that the water will have to be detained or retained or let, let go from the developed site at the pre-development stages. In other words, today, as you see it. So downstream, any waters contribute con contributing from this future development will be will 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 should not be an issue because the drainage will be detained and released slowly over time so that it doesn't create peak runoff situations downstream which are already impacted and one last thing on drainage is um, that if you if Christine can pull up the Google view, uh, and that is very telling um, of the southern edge of this property. Um, just, an, uh, just an aerial view should suffice uh, of 21357, I think it is, if you wanna, Maud Avenue. And if you could uh, turn on the satellite view, you can see that the ditch actually starts at the southern southern properties and and ends at the 24 inch CMP. So there's not a, a this is not a regional ditch that's collecting waters from 
50, 100,000 acres upstream, it is actually starting at the, at the uh, southern properties, the collection of properties at the south side of our subject parcel, and it ends at the 24 inch ditch. So if anything, I think the correct course of action, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm speaking for the county too, is if you're concerned about debris and water and you know, coming, coming from the upper, so he says, if you pan to the right, where that ditch is, uh, with that existing, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's only one one lot deep. It's in other words, if you uh, zoom out, there's no other properties contributing to this ditch other than these subject properties because you've got Mod Avenue on the right, and there's no water coming, and there's no upstream ditch. There are homes on the other side. So the so so the water uh, the tributary area for that. Uh, which everybody sees is probably coming from this dirt uh, back backyards of these of these lots which are on the south side. Uh, if anything, I think it makes more sense to to close that open ditch on the subject property and extend the twenty four inch pipe to the to the southern property line and put a put a collection structure there by the tree there. So that it, it is taking so that there's no mud flows or anything of that sort. And that would that would ensure that it's piped all the way across our property. Downstream of our property, that's a county facility. And if 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 the condition holds and it will hold in the future development, then it would be as though as though uh, the, the, the runoff will be to pre-development, pre so it's as though as it exists today. So, so I think the drainage concerns have been mitigated by proper conditions of approval. And, and if you wanna add a small section to pipe it, I think uh, I'll let Ron speak, but I think that that would be a prudent thing to do to get rid of the ditch. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Are there any other speakers? Is Ron wanting to speak? We have one speaker hand up. But it's on okay. okay, hold on. Luis, you're on the line. You have to remember to speak. Hi, thank you. Just thumbs up if you can hear me. Yes. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I, I disagree with the last comments, uh, you know, Mr. Kishinani made. Um, I, I live, so I get water from everywhere. And when it rains, that water is coming from mud. It's coming from all those properties down through the property that's looking to be subdivided. It comes down that culvert. It comes from where the horses were behind my house. I get flooded. My neighbor, Jeff, who I think he's got his hands up, he gets flooded. It's just, it's a poor design um, and, and adding additional homes and, you know, that kind of stuff back there is just going to, you know, create additional water, right? Because right now, at least we have the, um, the opportunity for the water to seep into the ground. And then once you have cement and asphalt and all that, it's just going to continue to flow and be horrendous. Um, so it, it definitely, to me, needs to be addressed before, you know, additional subdividing and all that needs to happen. And then also there's a gate. They want to put a gate, you know, on our street, you know, 
the bakers and, you know, Sterling consultants, they have no say of what goes on our gate, you know, um, our petition there, we want to make sure it gets addressed that we don't want a gate at the top of our hill. Um, that is our street. And, you know, uh, someone made a comment about possibly making our street, hopefully, um, um, maintained by, you know, the county and, you know, I'm all thumbs up there, you know, honestly, I don't know if this, this street has ever been maintained, you know, it's going to come out of our pocket um, to take care of it. And so I don't believe the bakers pay into that. You know, I know they've, they filed losses against the builders of the homes that, that, that were built and to be able to use Pickford Place, but push came to shove, they're not going to pay anything into repaving our street or anything like that. And, you know, you know, they're, they're using it. And then now you're going to build, you know, five additional homes back here. They're not going to pay into it. And, you know, again, we're, we're going to be shafted. So, you know, I think that that's another issue that needs to be addressed. So again, no gate, uh, the water and um, the, the pavement of our roads. Thank you. Thank you very much. Did I hear someone else had their hand up? Yeah, um, that's me, Dilip Krishnani. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna answer the questions that were just raised. Okay. Okay. So I, I wanna, I wanna say it again. There will be no gates. There are no gates being proposed. I'm not sure where the 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 gentleman is looking looking at what plans he's looking at. Um, but there were no gates on our plans, and there will never be any gates. It's not our property. Is all all we have is a right to ingress and egress. So there is no there's no legal legal <laughs> means for us to put any case. So that let's put that aside for uh, uh, in a positive way. Uh, secondly, I disagree with the drainage. Yeah, the drainage may be coming from all sides, but that's because it's all all all. Uh, it might have a good percolation rate. It's all open. It's all sandy and 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 bare earth. So the water will just seep through underneath, and and since it's and since it's five ten feet higher than the surrounding uh, neighbors to to the to the north, it may manifest uh, uh, down downstream in some way, shape, or form. And I I'm not disagreeing that. But having said that, the development will definitely alleviate it. Yes, there will be pavement. Yes, there will be roof. But but yes, there will also be collections collection system that will be contained in a tight pipe that will go to a detention system system that is not that's not perforated and that ultimately goes to a pipe very slowly so i strongly disagree the characterization that further development will augment uh, flows i to the contrary i believe it will substantially reduce the flows because it will be paved and because drainage law does not allow us or anybody, any developer to drain across property lines, the drainage will go inwards and be collected in a pipe and be contained in a system that is tight and not perforated. So I wanna reiterate that, that, that characterization that is gonna make it worse is not right. Okay. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to speak? Yes, our final speaker will be Jeff. Jeff, all right. 
Jeff, you're on the line. You have three minutes to speak. Jeff, you're on the line. You have three minutes to speak. He's unmuted. I think he's having technical issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he dropped off. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, he's back. Nope. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, do you want to stop it or do you want to get to let, uh, wait for him, Sally? He's back um, on. But okay, let's. Jeff, are you trying to speak? Sally, we still can't. Yeah. Can't hear him. Uh -uh. Okay, well, let's do a tentative close um, so that we can move on. And if he's able to get on, I, I'd like to give him his minute or three. And I see Delip is still here. So he probably needs to be moved back into the other room. Mm -hmm. All right. So do we have thoughts around the table or the virtual table? Start again with Shane. Um, I, I, I'm not a water expert, but it sounds like the, uh, you know, with the modern situations that we have um, with drainage i think that if there was a development that was approved that that did sound like to me that it was it was um, addressed adequately um that would seem like it was the biggest issue in the packet it talked about the fencing and the fencing um didn't seem like that was an, an issue because that's dependent upon a homeowner to decide whether or not they want to have fencing at all because fencing is not a requirement um the other concerns um i think are a bit premature to this division um you know the the concerns of the five versus four three we don't have that before us all we have is can they split the lot and i think the biggest concern that we heard the thing the biggest reservation i have is the uh, amount of um land on lot one uh, the open land that i think that sally you brought up i think that's a a good question we need to get the answer to that question but beyond that um that's that's all the things that I had to contribute. Okay, thank you, Dale. Um, I uh, I'm not sure if I disagree with Shane on this or not. <clears throat> I think um, that requirements that the drainage should be addressed should be a condition of approval. Now uh, at the, at the lot split time, get it done and not wait until a house is. Um, proposed. We have an opportunity here to fix this, and I think it's reasonable to ask that um, the developer, and he seems willing, um, come up with a, a solution here that solves the uh, drainage problem uh, going forward. But I, I don't see, in the conditions of approval, anything requiring the developer address these drainage issues. There is the, the letter that the um, gentleman alluded to from uh, Public Works, I guess it was, um, 
saying, uh, well, he read it, but it uh, says uh, on-site storm drainage will be collected and discharged without augmenting or diverting to adjacent properties. I, I would, I mean, I'm happy to see that there. That's a requirement that the drainage gets fixed, but I would still like to see it in the conditions of approval. I don't see it there now. Um, secondly, I, I continue to agree that uh, I continue to feel that um, a wording needs to be inserted that require would require the um, the owner of the of lot two to participate in uh, repair and maintenance funding for the street. Um, I'm happy he's got an easement. That's fine, but uh, th there's going to be one house or maybe more in that lot, and that means lots of cars. And it's, I think it's reasonable to me to put a condition of approval that the uh, owner of that lot. Uh, even the current owner participates in the, whatever association there is that is involved in um, uh, road maintenance. Um, so, uh, is there? It, would you tell me, please, Christine? What is there any kind of way we can require fences be replaced, or, or how, how does that work? There's a lot of complaints about the fences. Um, is that uh, is there is there a reasonable reasonable condition to require that the developer replace the fences? I don't know. I don't know if it's reasonable. Um, not, you know, like Shane said, fences are not required. That is a luxury of the homeowner if they wish to have that. But your board can recommend any conditions to be added to the uh, application. Okay, thank you. And the last thing, I agree with Sally that the lot split uh, attention should be given to lot number one to make sure it conforms with uh, with code. So with time at the time when we do the resolution, I've got a couple related to conditions of approval, but we can discuss them at that time. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Chris. Okay. Um... Dale, really good conditions. Um, but I, um, the, the drainage is, well, I, I, I sure feel, would feel better if, if a condition of approval is, is, you know, at, at least a plan to to remediate the, the drainage issues, because you know it's not just runoff that's happening. I, you know, the 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 applicant, um, you know, blamed adjacent property owners. You know, somewhere, someone cut into the water table, okay? Water running across that lot in July and August, you know, it, it just it just doesn't happen in, in uh, um, you know, there's no there's no runoff, okay? So, so somewhere there's a spring or, or whatever, and uh, 
piping the spring just just hides the problem. And 20 years from now, uh, and I, people on this board have have experienced the the um, the problems that that develop. I, you know, it's the creek in our neighborhood uh, is is nicely augmented by uh, the county pumping water over the hill uh, that appropriately would drain out Don Castro, but it drains out. <coughs> it drains out my neighborhood and you know, we, we're, we're on the hook for maintaining culverts and God knows how else to, to maintain that, that runoff. And as a matter of fact, the county redirected water that um, uh, normally would flow to the south branch of Sulphur Creek and redirected it to the north branch of Sulphur Creek. And, you, you know, it's it's just a burden. I, you know, the, the people on, on Pickford Place, I, who do, who, who do we, who do, who do they appeal for, appeal to, to help? Okay, they're, there's a problem situation and everybody just pointing fingers. So I, I, I feel, I, I feel, I'll feel an awful lot better if, if a condition of approval uh, for, uh, you know, I, 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 I address the, the runoff issue or address the water flow issue. I, I don't know how to put words to it. Okay, is that is that good for you, or you yeah, have no, I'm, I'm 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 all done. Excuse me. Okay. Um, so I would like just to, you know, stories of experience. We had a similar problem in my neighborhood and in my house and next door houses that were getting flooded because of runoff due to upstream development. And the county came in and piped the water from the street all the way down. We gave them an easement, piped it all the way down, all the way down back to, I don't know that it shows as a creek anywhere else, but we call it a creek down at the bottom of our property. And then that runs on down to Sulphur Creek. So the county fixed that problem for our neighborhood. I think that I have two points really. One is the drainage and that I think the county needs to be held accountable for making sure that that water is piped and deposited someplace that can accept it. Number two, I'm very concerned about the land coverage on lot one. I understand that it was perfectly legal even if they didn't get permits. I'm sure it was perfectly legal when you're using that entire piece of property to calculate lot coverage. 
But what they're doing is drawing a line right behind most of their current buildings. And that lot one is just nonstop. I mean, I walked that today and, and looked and I didn't see much property. You know, it was it was a pool, it was it was outbuildings, it was decking, it was house, it was side buildings, it was covered up. And personally, and in the interest of going forward, I have a problem approving this without seeing a specific plan for what's going to be done to correct those two areas, not just a condition of approval, but I want to see a plan where certain outbuildings are going to be torn down, where if they want to leave an outbuilding and make it legal, then there needs to be a variance for land coverage that comes before us. Um, I, I just want to, I want to see a plan to take care of these two, what I consider the two major issues here. So there I am. I, I put that out on the table to you. So um, is there is there a motion to either approve or deny this um, request? Is that where we are, I think? I have some conditions of approval to add, if I may. Okay. Or to suggest. Uh, in that regard, Sally, um, let's do drainage first. I would like to suggest that a condition of approval be simply that the developer shall address drainage issues such that the drainage will no longer flow across neighboring properties. Sally, is, like this, is this in the form of a motion? No. Yeah. Oh. Well, wait a minute. Well, Dale wait. Let's yeah. back off here, Dale, for a minute. Um, you're suggesting okay. some conditions of approval, but we don't have a motion on the floor yet. I was I was giving my opinion of what I thought would be a good idea, but I was not making a motion. So I think Dale is is also providing some groundwork for a motion, but not the motion. Is that right, Dale? Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So, Donna, may I proceed? Or what's, what's the right way to do this, please? I mean, if, you're, if you're doing conditions of approval based on, on, if you're doing conditions that you're basing on a motion for approval, then the condition should be applied to a motion of approval first to see if there's a second or not, and then add those conditions in, I believe is what's appropriate because you're adding conditions to nothing at the moment. Right. What he's doing is he's, he's, he's adding the conditions that when we make the, the motion, we include them in our motion. It should all be done really as, as one, unless he's just making comments. Hey, before we make a motion, um, I think Jeff is back with a different uh, login that maybe if, if we still want to hear from him. Yeah, I would I would like to hear from him because I kind of left it open. You need to reopen it, Sally, because you okay, I'd like to reopen public comment then for Jeff. Jeff, you're on the line. You have three minutes to speak. Jeff, you're muted. How about now? Yep, you're good now. Oh, finally, I, I ran to my neighbor's house. 
Um, basically, I just want to address a couple of things. Uh, first thing is the gate. I'm glad that's a mute point and that it's not going to happen. But the owner of the house up the street, the Bakers, she's been telling all the neighbors that she's going to put a new gate up. And that's the only reason we really got upset about it because she came across as it, it was a it was a gate for her for her new community uh, gated community. So from what I understand from that gentleman, Mr. Kuzani, uh, excuse my language uh, pronunciation, but that is not going to happen. And and could you please let her know that that she should not be walking down here and asking the neighbors about putting a fence up, please. We don't want a fence. That's number one. Number two. I live where the dip of the fence is. If you get the top of the street where the lot one is and you look down that fence, you'll see a big dip and that's my house. And so I get all the water that runs off of that behind my house because it's two feet higher than me. And um, I had to spend $35,000 on a drainage system at my house because the mud and water was coming into my uh, kitchen uh, from that property behind my house. Not only that, but I got an engineer involved and there's eight feet of water underneath my underneath that, that there is a river that runs underneath that and it ends behind Andrew's house and he's the gentleman you talked to earlier so I'm not sure where they're saying it's coming from the neighbors there's something more to this than that so anyway I'll stop with that number two is I did uh, mention putting a fence up and doing improvements and I was told that that's not that's my problem now not theirs. And what else was I going to bring up? I, I believe that's it. Um, but it's real important that, you know, you know, we live down here and we, we you know, we're out here in rain boots every, every rainy season. Uh, the guy across the street had to put in a drainage system for his house and his house is actually moving, I believe, and the people next to me and the people next to them. And I went up there and talked to him and said, you're flooding me out. And I was basically told that to leave their property. So um, I just appreciate the fact that you guys give me the opportunity to say my piece and, and please, I want to verify that yes, indeed, that gate will not go up at the end of, uh, fifth replace. <clears throat> I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm done. Uh, thank you very much. Okay. Now I'd like to close. Can, can I close public comment now? Excuse me. Yes. yes. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that if we're going to talk about um, conditions of approval, it has to be part of a motion. Is that what I is that what I'm hearing? That's correct. Okay. So you motion and see okay. if the second, and then add the conditions if that's the way it moves forward. <clears throat> okay. Is there a motion to approve this item? Okay, hearing none. Um, no. if, if, can I make a motion to approve it? I, I mean, you know, we're, we're limited to, you know. It, it, Chris, you either need to make the motion first and see if you get a second and then you can discuss it. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, I make a motion uh, that we, we approve it uh, subject to conditions. I second. Okay. 
Now you can move forward. Okay. So, okay. So Dale, can can you weigh in on on conditions? Oh, yeah, with the chair's permission. I, I, you sir. Yes, yes, please, Dale. Okay, one of one of them I'd like to suggest the uh, condition of approval be that the developer shall address drainage issues such as drainage will no longer flow across neighboring properties. I think the uh, <coughs> developer <coughs> has spoken to this. He has a plan. I think it would be nice to see it in black and white as condition of approval that that's what's going to happen. Okay. You have another one? I do. Develop, developers shall participate. If the lot is split, the developer shall participate in the replacement of the fences surrounding the lot. I don't think it's fair to ask them to rebuild the whole thing. Usually, fences are shared cost. <clears throat> so, developers shall, <clears throat> shall participate in the replacement of fences surrounding lot two. Then I have another one. Okay. Um, if lot two is created, the owners of lot two and any subsequent lots later created will each be required to financially participate in whatever entity exists or will exist to conduct and pay for road maintenance on Pickford Place. Okay. And then lastly, <clears throat> the lot split shall ensure that lot one shall be brought into compliance, particularly relating to lot coverage standards. We brought into code compliance, particularly relating to lot coverage standards. Okay, just a minute. I almost have it. Okay. That's it. All right, Shane, do you have any additional um, conditions? No, you need Go ahead, Tona. If you're gonna add to the conditions, then he needs to do, he needs to ask the first and the second to add conditions versus if you're just discussing, Sally. I, wanna, I just wanna discuss the conditions. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, um, I don't want to add any. I, so the problem I see with participating in fences, uh, the other conditions I'm okay with, but the participating in fences, anytime something comes before us, it sounds like we're setting a precedent that if the neighbor wants a new fence, an adjacent property, that if they say this neighbor is not uh, being cooperative in getting the fence that I want, then we're going to make that a we potentially could make that a condition for approval of any other project, and uh, I just that doesn't if that's not a rule that they have to have fences. I just don't know that that's our place to demand that fences be created. That's like creating something that doesn't exist. Now they have to plant. Like, can we can we put a condition? Could we theoretically put a condition that they must plant trees or that they must you know do something? They must paint. A particular wall, a particular color, or something else that we we you know a neighbor wanted. And I just think that that's um, a little bit above and beyond what we might want to do. So there's my comment, and that's all I have to say. Okay. And interestingly, um, we have had um, 
shrubbery and that sort of thing as conditions of approval in previous um, requests. But anyway, that's that's valid. Um, that's a valid concern. How do we address that, Tana? Do we ask the first and the second person if if they accept taking that off? Uh, you could go that way and see what they say. Otherwise, you know, move forward to the vote. Okay, so um, I'll go to Chris first since he made the motion and accepted Dale's um, conditions. Would you be amenable to having the con condition regarding fencing taken taken off? Well, Shane, you raise a good point, <laughs> but so think, thinking down the thinking down the line, the lot too, the you know the bigger lot uh, that. Kind of, uh, you know, a, a lot of buildings kind of require the demolition and, and all that goody stuff. So, in, in, the, anticip in the anticipation, for the, the developer of the second lot to be a good neighbor, uh, let's defer the, the, the fence requirement to the, the development of the second lot and, and remove it from the approval for the for the lot split in front of us. Uh, Dale, is, is that good for you? Okay, I hear yeah, that. Dale's okay with that. So what that leaves us with is a motion on the floor that we approve this proposal with the following conditions. Let's see, one, that the developer address the current drainage issues, that the developer shall, nope, not that one, that lot two will have financial participation in road maintenance on Pickford Place and that lot one will be brought into compliance specifically where it comes to lot coverage standards. Well, there's more to it than that, Sally, more to these. Okay. Tell me. Okay. <clears throat> um, developers shall address drainage issues such that drainage will no longer flow across neighboring properties. Okay, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Um, the lot, the lot split, <clears throat> um, the lot split shall ensure that lot one shall be brought into compl code compliance, particularly relating to lot coverage standards. And number three, if lot two is created, the owner of <clears throat> um, lot two and subsequent lots later created will each be required to financially participate in whatever entity exists, conduct and pay for road maintenance on Pickford Place. Okay, so we got that in the recording. 
I won't try to say it again. Uh, we'll, so the, the the call for the vote is is the motion and the conditions that Dale just read. Plus, plus the conditions that are in the report. Chris, Chris's motion said it'd be approved with the conditions of approval, which would include, if we pass this, the ones that we just added. Thank you. That's right. Okay. Okay. So is there any further discussion on this motion as it stands? All right. Can we have a call for the vote? Hmm. Councilmember Silva? Aye. Councilmember Henderson? Aye. Councilmember Higgins? Aye. Councilmember Philbin? Aye. Okay, motion passes. All right. Excuse me, motion passes as amended. Yes, thank you. Well, um, well, I guess was it amended or was it just? Oh, yeah, were the not been amended? Not been amended, okay. but yeah, addition. Okay, I don't want to split hairs. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> the next item on our agenda is the update on preparation of the county's housing element so it's an informational item um can i call whoever is going to give that report forward to do that liz mcgallagot is it's over there she is uh hello everyone uh i'm liz mcgallagot from the county planning department i've uh presented to you uh few months ago about the um, the uh, housing element that we're working on to to revise our existing housing element and I, I have an update for you this evening. There we are. Can everyone see that? I can. Okay. Um, so as I said, this is an update on our uh, housing element process uh, thus far. Uh, just a quick uh, uh, review of um, some of the information that I provided to you in, in uh, past presentations. Uh, the housing element is an opportunity to shape how unincorporated communities will grow over the next eight years. Uh, state law requires each local jurisdiction to revise its element every eight years, and all cities and counties within a region uh, update their elements at the same time. So I'm sure you've been hearing in the news about uh, all the cities and counties in the Bay Area who are, are doing their updates. The deadline in state law for the housing element um, was uh, the end of January. Uh, so just uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we did miss the deadline, uh, but we are working as diligently as possible to complete the draft as soon as possible so we can uh, be in compliance with state law. 
we expect to be able to submit the draft element to um, state uh, housing and community development department uh, in April of 2023. And that will be after a 30 day review period where we'll come back to you uh, and, and uh, present the, the draft uh, element to you and, and um, provide an opportunity for uh, uh, you to, to comment uh, on the document. We estimate uh, approval by state HCD and the Board of Supervisors in the fall of 2023. And this will depend on the number of rounds of review um, by state HCD. They have 90 days for their first review uh, and then we will respond to their comments uh, after the, the end of the 90 day period. Um, and then if, if, we, if there are comments that we need to uh, respond to in, by editing the, the draft, we will do that and submit it again. And then they have 60 days to review it the second time. And that process repeats uh, until they're, they feel that our uh, element is in compliance. So we're hoping to work closely with them uh, throughout the review period to minimize the number of, uh, of changes that we need to do um, at the end of, of the review periods. But we're very, um, hope to, to minimize the number of times that HCD has to review the draft. The uh, required components uh, for each housing element include an assessment of housing need, which includes existing need, uh, the, the current deficit of housing uh, units available, uh, projected need, which uh, takes the form of the regional housing needs allocation <clears throat> uh, and uh, housing for populations with special needs. <clears throat> uh, we also need to include policies and programs to, uh, to fulfill the identified needs and address issues that come up through the update process. We need to do a site inventory and analysis, which I'll talk a, a little bit more uh, in just a few minutes. We need to do a, a governmental and non-governmental constraints uh, review, uh, evaluate existing housing element policies and programs, decide which ones didn't work, we won't continue, and which ones did work um, and, and that we want to carry through to the new element. We need to do uh, an assessment of uh, affirmatively furthering fair housing. And we also need to do uh, uh, community engagement process. And, and this meeting tonight is, is part of that process. For the housing needs assessment, we need to uh, cover the, the demographic employment and housing trends and conditions um, and the uh, housing needs for the community. Uh, so we're, we're looking at a, a number of um, different uh, pieces of data to help inform what kind of housing uh, needs to be provided and, and what are the special needs of the, the residents of the unincorporated area. And you can see here there are several um, 
uh, statistics that our, our consultant has already put together and, and there will be more and they'll be compiled into uh, a chapter of the, the element that, that talks about the, uh, the needs of the communities. We're also identifying uh, prospective policies and programs to address uh, issues um, that, that are coming up as part of the process. Um, there will be uh, a, a need to rezone sites to uh, help meet the, the RENA, and I'll talk a, a little bit more about that. Um, we need to um, find ways to address potential displacement within unin unincorporated communities. Um, and, and that would be uh, in, in some areas, if uh, new housing is uh, built, there's always a concern that it might displace uh, existing residents. Um, so that's something we'll be looking at. Um, we're going to be looking at how we can ensure that um, low resource areas um, receive the, the resources that they need to um, accommodate new housing that, that comes into the area. Um, and you can see the, the, the other um, policy and program concepts that we're looking at, and the, there will be many more uh, as we develop the, the document. And uh, most of you have seen these numbers before. Um, for our regional housing needs allocation, um, there has been a, a con considerable increase from the last uh, cycle of the housing element. Last time we were asked to accommodate 1,769 units total, and they were broken down in uh, by income category. For this cycle, um, the number is 4,711 units. So uh, considerably higher, uh, actually 166% higher overall. So we've been working very hard to try to um, find the, the capacity for that number of units throughout the unincorporated area. Just to give you an idea of um, what the income categories actually look like uh, in the unincorporated area, um, if you look at, for example, for low-income uh, households, uh, a, a low uh, uh, household um, with three people that has an income of $98,650 um, would be considered uh, low-income in Alameda County. Um, so when we talk about low-income housing or median income housing, where we're looking at a household with a, an income of um, over uh, $113,000, we're, we're actually talking about working people with, with decent jobs. So um, because the, um, the cost of housing and the cost of living in general is so high uh, in the Bay Area that even with uh, fairly high incomes, there's um, they're still considered low or, or median income households. 
So for the site's inventory, uh, state law requires each city and county to demonstrate that um, they have zoning and general plan designations that allow enough housing development capacity to accommodate the RENA, the, the number of, of units that we've been asked to provide. Uh, the county does not build the housing. Uh, property owners still decide whether or not to develop their properties. So we're not placing any mandates on these properties uh, or you know, the, the county's not taking the properties to build the housing. It's just showing that the, the zoning and general plan designations provide enough capacity so that, that would, they would allow enough units on a property um, to be able to fill, fulfill the arena. Um, the properties on the inventory won't necessarily be developed. As I said, it's still up to the property owner uh, as to whether they want to develop their properties or not. Um, applications for housing developments still need to go through an approval process. So there's no automatic uh, approval um, because they're uh, listed on the, the inventory. Inventory sites have been identified in every unincorporated community. So we're looking um, at, um, it, we, well, frankly, with such a high arena, we've been looking very closely at, at every uh, property to, to make sure that we've identified um, uh, as many as necessary to fulfill the arena. Uh, in Fairview, staff has tentatively identified uh, capacity for about 500 units on about 100 parcels. Um, and they, so the inventory is still very much in a draft state. Uh, it's not definite at, uh, uh, at all yet, but I, we're just giving you a, li a little preview uh, tonight. And uh, over the next few weeks, we will be working to um, finalize the, uh, the draft inventory um, to, to make sure that we have enough uh, units uh, accounted for. Uh, state HCD uses density as a proxy for income level. Um, when we decide which income level uh, the various units would be assigned to, uh, and it, that of course is assuming that higher density units will be more affordable. So um, the, the state uses uh, uh, 30 units per acre uh, as uh, a, a proxy for um, low-income housing. Um, and obviously not all developments built at 30 units per acre would be low-income, um, but that the, the state feels that it's more likely that um, development at that level would be uh, affordable. Uh, and I believe it's 22 units per acre would be considered moderate income housing. And anything over that or anything under that would be above moderate. Um, almost all of the potential Fairview sites that we've identified so far would be categorized uh, as uh, above moderate units. And just because of the, the characteristics of um, the properties in the area. 
To identify sites to include on the in, in the inventory, we had uh, we used a methodology that is actually dictated by uh, state uh, Department of Housing and Community Development. Um, and as I said, it's still in draft form, but um, the the process we used was to uh, start by identifying projects in the development pipeline. So those are projects that have already been approved, but not built, um, or uh, sites where applications have been uh, submitted. Then we identified vacant properties, either public or private par parcels, using assessor's data, satellite imagery, and local knowledge. Uh, we identified underutilized parcels, and, and I guess that, again, this uh, is based on uh, guidance we received from the state. Um, uh, under, underutilized is defined as the, the land itself being worth more than the existing improvements. So that's just a, a formula that um, this, the state has directed us to use. Um, most of the underutilized prospective sites included in the inventory are uh, large parking lots um, or sites that are majority empty or um, uh, parking for older buildings and, and vacant commercial buildings. And uh, older building is defined as pre-1980. Um, after identifying vacant and underutilized sites, staff identified prospective sites that could be rezoned to accommodate more units to help meet the arena. And, and that's where you know, there's a relatively small building on a, a large parcel um, that could be considered uh, underutilized and, and there, there may be room for, for more units. And, and also I wanna point out that this is a, a general, um, the general methodology we use. So it's not specific to Fairview. It, it, we used it throughout the unincorporated area. Um, and another important point is that we are taking into consideration potential environmental hazards and, and sensitive areas um, like um, high wildfire areas and um, uh, creeks and slopes and, and that sort of thing to um, um, make sure that the units that we're looking to uh, count in the inventory are feasible um, and that the, the properties, uh, there's a, a reasonable chance that the uh, property could be developed at a certain uh, density. So I know this is hard to see, but I wanted to give you just a general idea of the, the parcels we're looking at so far. Uh, in, in Fairview, um, you can see that the, the orange color shows pipeline projects. Um, the purple is uh, vacant residentially zoned sites. Um, the lighter green is uh, vacant mixed use sites. Uh, the sort of fuchsia colored are, actually I don't think there are any fuchsia colored ones in Fairview. There's some in Castor Valley, which is also on this map, but those are uh, underimproved mixed use sites. Um, 
there are a few sites that um, we're considering for uh, rezoning. Um, and then uh, the blue is uh, under improved uh, residential sites. And those are sites that might um, ha have a, a, a look like they have uh, room for maybe a few more parcel or a few more units on them um, or uh, a older building that, that could potentially be replaced. We're also looking at housing constraints um, and, and these are um, things, for example, in the zoning ordinance or um, something that that looks like it, it's a barrier to development. Um, and so we're looking at uh, potential uh, changes to the zoning code, um, for example, to, to make them consistent with state law, to make, um, to clarify the, the process that a, develop, a developer would have to go through um, and, and that kind of thing. Um, we're also reviewing the, the programs uh, in the, um, the the previous housing element, as I mentioned, to, to see which ones to keep and which ones to um, replace with more effective um, programs. Um, for affirmatively furthering fair housing, the purpose of this is to analyze the history of fair housing in the unincorporated area and to affirmatively further fair housing through the housing element, um, especially through the site's inventory and programs and policies uh, to make sure that the, the areas that where we're looking to put housing can uh, have the resources to accommodate the housing and, and that the, uh, the housing units um, um, would be distributed throughout the communities in a fair manner. And that doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, assign a certain number of units to communities, um, but that that's sort of a, an overall uh, attempt at, at fairness. <clears throat> um, we've looked at uh, records at the Hayward Area Historical Society. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> we have a <clears throat> we have a venue online <clears throat> where residents of the unincorporated area can share their housing stories if if they have something like that they'd like to share about their experience living in the unincorporated areas or how they came to live in the unincorporated areas um, that they think might help inform our uh, affirmatively furthering fair housing assessment. Um, we have uh, a place online where you can go in and, and basically just tell your story. Um, and we're hoping that that will um, add to the the other the more data driven information that we're collecting. Um, we're, we've also been uh, doing outreach to stakeholders representing populations with special housing needs 
which um, and, and those categories are actually defined in, in or listed in state law, and they include um, elders, renters, uh, people with disabilities, um, and, and others to uh, understand their housing needs and policy priorities. <clears throat> and uh, again, we're working with our consultants to develop draft policies to include throughout the housing element. Uh, for community engagement, we've um, presented to uh, all of the, the MACs throughout the unincorporated area, including Sonol, Ag Advisory Committee, Unincorporated Services Committee, <clears throat> and the Planning Commission. We've hosted office hours um, where people could drop in on Zoom, and um, we had staff standing by to uh, provide information or, or answer any questions. Um, they were not uh, that well attended, so I, I think we've learned from that that that's not the best way to uh, reach out to the public, but we we thought it was worth a try and, and we'll uh, seek out better ways to uh, interact with uh, unincorporated residents. Um, we've met with the uh, Ashland Cherryland Healthy Communities Collaborative, which is uh, made up of county staff and um, people who work for various uh, service providers, the, the park districts and um, uh, some other special districts and, and also uh, community organizations in the area. We've contacted key landowners to determine interest in including their property in, in the inventory. Um, and, and this is something that the state is looking for a little more assurance from local jurisdictions that they had than they had in the past in terms of um, the, the likelihood that a property might be developed during the current uh, housing uh, element cycle. We've also uh, had small group interviews with some of the key stakeholders, um, primarily who represent the, the um, special needs uh, residents that I mentioned earlier. We have an online survey that, that's just gone up uh, and you're all welcome to participate in that survey to just ask about your priorities in terms of uh, housing policy. I already mentioned the share your housing stories um, that's available to whoever would like to uh, participate in that. We will have at least one community workshop during the public review period, probably more than that. And we will uh, again be coming around to talk to the MACs um, and, and other groups that we talked to previously. So the meetings we have scheduled uh, in the immediate future are <clears throat> uh, the Eden Mac on February 14th, Planning Commission on February 21st, Board Unincorporated Services Committee on the 22nd, and the Castro Valley Mac on February 27th. And as I said, we'll be coming around for another round um, after this, but um, 
those meetings, we don't have dates for those meetings yet. So if you have any questions or comments, um, you can contact me directly um, by email or uh, by phone. We also have a, a general housing element email that uh, is monitored by staff and you can uh, ask questions or provide comments um, uh, on that as well. Um, you can look at the planning department website and there's a link there to our housing element website or you can go directly to the housing element website. And there is uh, a place there to sign up for email notices for, for meetings or um, if, if new information is available, um, we'll be sending that out to our, our email list, which I believe currently has about 700 people on it. Um, the housing element survey is up on, um, and if you're already on our, our email list, you may have received an, a notice about that and we welcome everyone to participate in that. And then there's the link for the uh, share your housing stories. So that is uh, the end of my presentation. And I would be happy to uh, answer any questions you have. All right. Um, would it be possible for us to get copies of your slide show? Yes, that definitely. wasn't included in, in my out. packet, at least. Okay, that would be great. Um, so I'll start with Dale. Or did I start with Shane before? Maybe I started with Shane. Shane, do you have any questions? Um, no, uh, the questions that I wrote down were mostly answered in subsequent slides. So um, I think she did a pretty thorough job of, of explaining most things. The only question I had that wasn't answered was what are the deed restricted properties? There were six of them. And I imagine, I think I know kind of know the answer already, um, but I'll let you answer it since you're the expert. Uh, deed restricted? Yeah. You said you're trying to identify properties that, that could be developed into housing. There were six. I think this was in this immediate area. There were six of them fairly early on. That was my very first question um, in the presentation that there are deed restricted. Like I, the Trader Joe's property came to mind maybe or the uh, the church property where Trader Joe's is located. That's zoned one way maybe and and, and it needs to be the restriction on the deed needs to be lifted or changed. Is that what that means? Sorry, I didn't mean to stump I, you. I just I didn't quite understand that part of the. I don't think I mentioned deed restricted. Um, the the Maybe I wrote it wrong. the the Trader Joe's property is actually not on the list. I know. Uh, We've been getting a lot of, or hearing a lot of comments from the community that the, there's a lot of concern about Trader Joe's going away, but it's it's not, it's, it's not on the list. Um, I think there was a mistake in labeling and uh, an earlier draft of the, the inventory. Um, the first Presbyterian site is on the list. They've expressed an interest in uh, putting some additional housing on their site. Um, for the purposes of the, the site's inventory, um, we are not, when we're putting 
units in different categories, we're not considering deed restrictions. Um, we're just looking at density uh, because the, the state doesn't, uh, often low-income housing is, is deed restricted and that's how it remains low income, but that's not the basis for categorizing a property as low income housing for the purposes of the, the site's inventory. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look at the slides again and maybe follow up with an email question if I, if I can find what I was looking for. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Dale. <clears throat> That's a great report. Thank you. Your reports are, are just always the best. Oh, um, thank you. you. You you alluded to uh, at some point earlier something that, a reference to thirty units per acre, and I, I missed the context for that. What was that? That you know that would that would work out to a lot size of one thousand four hundred and fifty two feet. What what? Uh, which means must be multi-unit dwelling. We're talking about what? What? What does the thirty-acre, thirty units per acre reference mean, please? Uh, that uh, I mentioned that in the context of talking about how the um, state Department of Housing and Community Development um, uses density to determine the income category in which. Uh, a, a property would fall. So in, in our sites inventory, we have to, um, it, it, you know, you saw in, in the table I showed, we have to um, ac account for a certain number of units uh, that, uh, that are, would be considered low income and then moderate and, and above moderate. Um, so uh, the, the state, requires us to use density to determine which category a property would go into. Um, and they they use 30 units per acre as the uh, low income um, category. I see. Uh, a, a, proper, a property has to be zoned for at least 30 units per acre um, to be considered low income. And um, as I said, we've had a, a, a few iterations of the, the site's inventory um, and the, the current version that, that we're looking at would, does not include any low-income housing, which means you know, 30 units per acre in uh, the Fairview area. Well, that's good news. Speaking of the February, when we get that slideshow from you, and thank you for that, that, that map, um, that, the, the map of the color-coded uh, sites that have been identified at various stages of identification, that, that will be a very useful map. Will that be downloadable, do you think, off the slideshow? Um, yes. Um, and, and we're also, as I said, we're we're working to come up with a more final map as well. So yeah, yeah. So you you will be able to to see the map uh, in the presentation I send out, and then also we'll we'll be sending out updated uh, an updated map, hopefully in the near future. Okay. Thank you.
All right, Chris. Okay. Um, I had essentially the same one. One question, essentially the same as as uh, James, the deed restricted properties. But I, I think your presentation said you know six deed restricted low income properties, then that uh, rolling off or this, the deed restrictions rolling off. That I just said in the presentation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read it off a slide as well, but I just I yeah. don't have the slide, and, and, so I can't. And, I couldn't find it. And 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 I I guess my assumption, and and I I, I hope to to get clarified. My my assumption is that X number of properties got approved for you know, a hundred units and um, five. Oh. Um, you know, to, to, you know, reserved for low income and then, you know, for 20 years and then, you, you know. Uh, oh, oh, oh I, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think what you're talking about is um, not in the Fairview area, but in the uh, unincorporated area in general, um, I, I think we have some uh, some low income housing developments that had uh, a deed restriction for a certain period of time, and the 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 deed restrictions are running out. And if they're able to do that, then they would no longer be they would no longer be restricted to to low income. Um, so one of the things we'll be looking at is how to keep those existing low-income units as low-income going forward um, rather than um, revert to um, moderate-income housing. Okay. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't yeah, understand um, the, the reference at first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, in Fairview, the, the the number one you know complaint is adequate parking, and uh, You know, we have a lot of private streets, a lot of private streets without uh, adequate uh, maintenance agreements, right? It, it's it's written into individual deeds and anyway, um, and, and, and planning approves new housing and, and inadequate parking and you know, you, you can't park on the street. You know, fire code prevents parking on street. Well, you know, people move into the houses and people park on the street. And, you know, what do, you know, what are we going to do? You know, a, a create a neighborhood war. Um, and the, the carve-outs, 
Um, matter of fact, the, the legislation is pending. I, I guess Wiener um, introduced new legislation to close the carve-outs for uh, private streets. But the county, you know, never enforces, I, I, you know, the, the subdivision on, on Madero's. Um, that that's they've got inadequate parking for for the the housing, and you know they can't park on the street. So you know, the, 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 is is the county going to respect that that carve out for private streets, or you know the, the average. Homeowners Association uh, can't afford to sue the county, but the developers, you know, they bring the lawyer to the hearing and the lawyer threatens to sue the county and the county caves and says, oh, well, you know, Finzies. So is this on point, Chris? No, I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting... I'm getting, uh, uh, I'm do, do you do you have another question that's specific no, to the? No, okay, no, that, thank you, that, yeah, okay. <laughs> thank you so Thanks. much. Um, I do have uh, probably just one question, and that is the. Let's see, I made a note so I know what it was called. The site inventory listing for Fairview is that available to us someplace? So that we, or, or the map that you have, is, is that map specific enough so that we can actually see which properties you're talking about? Yeah, I, I can make the map available. Um, again, we're still looking at um, uh, our, our estimates for um, uh, the number of units that we think might be possible on, on each of those um, properties. And um still looking at um, the, the feasibility of each of the properties. So um, I, I can send you the, well, the, the, the map will be part of the presentation I send um, with the understanding that it, it's still a draft and, and somewhat right. in flux. Yeah, a bit in flux. I was just, I was just interested to know which, you know, that if I could look at it and know which properties that, that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are all my questions. And otherwise I think maybe we can open it to public comment. Yeah, there are no speakers. All right, no speakers. So I will close public comment. And thank you very much, Liz. That was, in fact, an excellent presentation. It was very detailed. It was very specific. I, for one, and I think my colleagues also um, very much appreciate your efforts. It was, it was well done. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. All right. So you're good. You're golden. Um, we can move on to the chair's report. I think that would be me. This is February. I don't think I have anything um, that I can think of. I'm 
I know that Memorial Day is far enough away that I'll probably bring that topic up at a future meeting. I think I'm, I can't think of anything up for a chair's report. Um, how about council announcements, comments, or reports? Anybody? I'll start with Shane. Nothing from me. Okay, Dale. <clears throat> Nothing from me. Okay, Chris. Um, yeah, and, and maybe it, it it belongs in the in the agenda planning meeting, but the site report ordinance when when it passed, they there there a condition or provision for for review of 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 effectiveness of, of the agenda for you know a year or two or three down the pike. So you know, want to include in in include it in a future agenda. Um, so are you talking about the effectiveness of the agenda we use for these meetings? No, no. No. What are you talking about? An agenda item for oh effectiveness of the of, of the soil import ordinance. Oh, 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 oh. I'm right. sorry. I missed the I missed the front end of what you said. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, the, the soil import ordinance. Yeah. Yeah. And um uh scheduling the the the, the water course ordinance update that Daniel's presentation. It's coming in March, Chris. We had already mentioned that it's coming in March, the water course oh. ordinance. Is okay. I, I I I just yeah, I, I anyway it registered. I, I'd expecting expecting it from February, so March. Cool. Yeah, it's confirmed yeah. for March, and then um, I can add the soil import ordinance for a future agenda item. Sure. Okay, and, that would be then, great. Thanks. Yeah, and and then just um, communicate to the community. Uh, the schedule for the A Street repairs. So uh, it, it's impacting traffic. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. Um, the Public Works Department has, uh, there was a special meeting, I believe it was two Thursdays ago, uh, where they submitted a list of different road failures and they were approved uh, to move ahead and hire contractors. So, and that was okay. on, and A Street was on that list. Yes, correct. A Street was yes. okay. Perfect. Thank you. Of course. Okay. Okay, you're good. Yeah. No, just that's all. All right. Uh, next, any staff announcements, comments, reports? Nothing from me. I don't know. If okay. Nothing from me. Um, I know that soil import ordinance was due to come back to the board's transportation and planning committee um, to do a review as well. Uh, and that's been delayed. So we'll follow up on that um, just as a side note. Okay, thank you so much. Hey, just squeeze one more thing in. Sure. So the the Eli process, we we the, the county agreed to include a person from an incorporated committee in the budget process, and 
it's kind of um, fall, fallen through the cracks. So no, I think that there are um, a couple of seats that are on there. The budget committee has not met, uh, first of all, but I'll double check with Claudia um, too, because I know that we did have um, a person or two that we appointed. Yeah. So they haven't met. Uh, I can tell you that much for sure, but we'll follow up on who that is. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Okay. With that, if there's nothing else to come before us, I'd like to adjourn the meeting. All right. Have Do a good I... day, everybody. Thank you, yeah. Sally. Thank you. 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 Thank